Will you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for your word this day. And we ask that you would speak to us. Open our eyes, our ears, so that we may hear your voice. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Have you ever found yourself in this space where what is being said is all true and good, but the context is not appropriate? Have you ever found yourself in that? Like, you know, everything, like, there's nothing wrong about what's being said, but just, you're just not supposed to say those things, like, now. Now, let me, let me kind of explain that to you. This happened to me, I think I was 16, 17, somewhere around there, um, and I got a lot of my friends home, and usually my parents would just kind of, like, leave us alone. For whatever reason, that day, my mom wanted to start interacting with my friends, which is kind of, was okay. Uh, but then she started talking about um, about how cute I was like a baby. You know, she was like, oh my gosh, you should see Johnson. He was such a cute kid. Like, oh my goodness. And she started taking out my, and then she's talking about me being a baby and cute and all that. And my friends kind of like are part of the conversation. She's like, oh, we would love to see his picture. So my mom walks in, gets the album out, and like, there are naked pictures of me there. Like, he's like, stop, mom, what are you doing? And here, she's doing this because I'm trying to impress this girl, too. And she was there, and she kind of chimed in on this. It was embarrassing. I was like, stop. Yes, I was a cute baby. And yes, there are naked pictures of me as a baby. But no, don't, don't talk about this. No. The context was absolutely not needed, not called for. There was another time um, that this happened. I was working as a chaplain uh, at a hospital. And there was this woman that kind of walked into the ER, and I was sitting with her uh, in the waiting room. And her husband was near death, uh, and he was, we just knew it, like everyone knew it. The, the staff that was in the ER knew what was happening. And then the doctor walked in, and he said some awful things. I mean, all things true. Like, there was nothing, but the way he said it was just absolutely appalling. I was like, looked at him, and I said, how, how can you say that? I, the words were right, but you just don't say those things in this context. Like, be aware of what your context is before you say something. So I want us to kind of think about that space of context when I read these words. It comes from a book called Lamentations. Do you know the meaning of lament? It means this deep sorrow, this grief, when you have that ugly cry from the depths of your soul. You're just crying your guts out. That is what lamentations means. And these are the words that are found in this book. In this book called Lamentations, these words are found. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. I don't know what to make of these words. A book called Lamentations, a book 
called Lamentations. And here we read these words, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, mercies never come to an end. I really want to have a conversation with the person who wrote these words. And the person who wrote these words is, his name is Jeremiah. See, there are a couple of things I want us to go through uh, with regards to Jeremiah. First, I want to tell you that he had a purpose. This is how his purpose starts out. This is what God is telling Jeremiah. Before I formed you, this is God speaking to Jeremiah, the guy who wrote these words from, in the book of Lamentations, who wrote the book of Lamentations. This is what God is saying to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I, I pointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, don't say I am too young. You must go where everyone I send, to everyone I send. And say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. This was the promise. This was the purpose that was given to Jeremiah. That God had a plan for his life. That God, before even he was a twinkle, God knew who this man was. And he had a purpose. He had to speak God's word to God's people. He had a plan. God had a plan for his life. And so Jeremiah starts doing this. He becomes a prophet at a young age. And one of the ways that people describe this prophet, they named him the weeping prophet. This guy cried all the time. He wept. He wept and he wept because he was telling people, change your ways. And no one heard him. He would cry and say over and over, God is going to show up and it's not going to be good for you. Change your ways. And he wept and he wept and no one heard him. No one listened to him. Yes, God had a plan for his life. I cannot resonate with Jeremiah's call. That was a call that was given to me in my own life. And I felt like God was calling me to ministry. I was 16 years old and I felt I was too young and and these words resonated with me. Friends, each one of us has a purpose in our lives. God has a purpose for your life. God has set each one of us, each one of us apart for a purpose. And that is what God is saying. God is saying that I will be with you. I will rescue you. Go ahead and do what I'm telling you to do. And I'm there for you. God had a plan for Jeremiah's life. And Jeremiah started doing it. He started doing it. And he started do, telling people. But his life was not very successful. His life was not very successful. Even as he was saying these words that God is going to do something. Then God moved to the next part. Is God gave him a promise. That is what we read in Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found. Here is the promise that was given to Jeremiah. 
for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You know what's crazy about these beautiful words that are there? These words were spoken when Jeremiah was in exile. That means when Jeremiah was taken away from his own home and was captive and he was enslaved, these words were spoken. Not when things were going well for Jeremiah. These were spoken when literally his world was falling apart around him. And God was saying, I have a plan for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. When things were not going well. When things were literally falling apart. When he was enslaved, God gives him this promise. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. See, if I was hanging out with Jeremiah, I would sit down and have coffee with him and say, Jerry, talk to me. How can you say these words? In the book of Lamentations, how can you write these words? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. How can you say those words? When you have been taken, when you have been enslaved, you've been taken into Egypt, and you're called as a weeping prophet, everything you've done looks like not a success story. How can you say these words? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I want to ask him, what are you seeing? Because when I read history, I don't see this. When I see your life from a distance, I don't see this. How can you say these words? The Lord is good to those who wait for him. I know you've been waiting on the Lord and you've been taken into exile. You've been enslaved. Your work, for all we know, no one heard a thing you said. How? How can you write these words? These are beautiful to hear these words when things are going well. Not in a book called Lamentations, where we're doing the ugly cry. How? How can you write these words? And the more I think about it, this is what I've come to realize. You all drove here, right? Except for my family, we walked. <laughs> I mean, did you drive? <laughs> anyway. How, yes, did you drive? You can put your hands up. Yes. How many of you saw a Jeep Wrangler? Like this one right here. Did you see this? Anybody? Was one person back there? I see them. All right. Another person they saw. All right. So in our family, we play a game called the Jeep game. Essentially, we are all extremely competitive, all six of us. And when we get in the car, we start playing the Jeep game. And here's, the, here's how we play the Jeep game. You get in the car, you see a Jeep, and you yell Jeep, and then you, and you get a point. All right? Matt, can you pull up the other Jeep? If you see a yellow Jeep, you get five points, because yellow Jeeps are rare. Okay, and eventually the car ride yells with somebody screaming or yelling or hitting because, you know, somebody called a Jeep and it didn't go well. And, you know, my kids complained to me that um, I see the Jeeps in my rear view mirror and I call them. 
And they're like, that's not fair. I was like, life is not fair. Get used to it. I get a point and you don't. Right? And as I said, it always ends with us screaming at each other. Right? So today, when you leave here, something's going to happen. When you leave this place, you're going to get in your car, and you're going to start driving, and you're going to start seeing these Jeeps. Maybe your family will start playing the Jeep game to see who wins. You're going to start seeing it. It's because you've never thought about seeing a Jeep before. Now, all of a sudden, that's all you're going to see. Trust me, this is going to happen to you. You will walk out of this place, and you're going to start looking at Jeeps. And you're going to say, oh, there's a Jeep. There's a Jeep. There's a Jeep. Oh, there's a yellow Jeep. That's five points. Because I said something today. See, when I look at Jeremiah's life, from the outside, it doesn't look great. I don't know how he could write these words. But the more I think about it, I think Jeremiah saw God's mercies every day. That God was a faithful God to him. I think Jeremiah saw those even in exile. Even when he was enslaved. Even when we, when he was writing these words and telling people and he was called a weeping prophet. A guy who was crying because no one was listening to him. Even when all that was happening, God was still good to Jeremiah. God's mercies were new every morning in his life. Despite what the circumstances from the outside might look like. Friends, this morning, I want us to find ourselves in the story. And I don't know if you're going through a season where you feel like things are just falling apart. But I want you to remind you that God's mercies are all around you. We just need to see them. Because we worship a God who is steadfast, who is loving, who is good. God's mercies are all over us. Are we seeing them? I hope you do, as Jeremiah did. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word calls us to seek your mercies, to be aware of your goodness in our lives. For you are a good God and you are faithful. God, we ask that you would open our eyes to the mercies that surround us. In your name we pray, amen.